0: Thinking of becoming the world's first sparkling water sommelier. Ooh! You know, just in case the whole po- professional podcasting thing doesn't pan out, because we're we're 200 episodes in, and I'm I'm not sure I'm going to blossom into Terry Gross. 201 episodes, actually. Oh yeah, you lose count when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I uh, earlier this week I I think I've coined the maybe if I ever started my own sparkling water company uh, I've coined the term uh, of adapting or co-opting the term varietal for sparkling water rather than flavors. I think that was a missed opportunity for bubbly or boobly <laughs> <laughs> depends on yeah, it's missing. It's missing a B. So you do what you want with it.
1: So, you know how wine of course is famous for, especially if you go into like a tasting room and you're doing some sampling, you've got the paragraph long descriptions of the wine and all the earthy undertones, et cetera, et cetera, that you're supposed to be tasting.
0: Well, you have to know about the barrel. Yeah,
1: Right. So, would you, as a sparkling water A do you think you'd try to implement something similar with sparkling water, or do you think you'd try something a little different?
0: No, absolutely. You have to tell people what it pairs with and what it has notes of and and what essences natural or otherwise it has and yeah you have to you have to do the right thing you have to yeah
1: what about what about aging
0: uh yeah i, I yeah, I think a perfectly four month aged spindrift is is ideal because I think it does have a best Buy date. Best Buy, not the not um, not not the, not the blue not shirts. The, 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 the um, mm-hmm, Best Buy, right. as in when you should consume it. I think uh, there's one of those dates on there. Like sparkling water goes bad, right?
1: I assume at some point it starts to go a little flat,
0: right? Well, speaking of which, actually, we should pivot. Uh, in California, how much sparkling water should you have in your earthquake kit? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the person, really. Um, I, th- I think I'll, I should I should adapt that. Do you do you have an earthquake kit? Have we talked about this? <sighs> I feel like I feel like this came
1: up during an episode at some point, semi-recently, where I admitted feeling bad for not having an emergency kit here at the house, and that's something that I need to bump up on the OmniFocus queue.
0: You need a third shed. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah don't don't
0: tempt me. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> you need an earthquake bunker. <laughs> um, yeah, you can make an Internet of Things thing or you know, to keep track of your sheds. Yeah. Right. Uh anyway, yeah sparkling water varietals. We'll get to that maybe later with um a couple of new well actually let's let's pull it forward. blackberry spindrift
1: so you've been wanting to try this for a little while
0: no, i actually i've been uh, avoiding it like the plague, but um uh, our local our Rafael target keeps um being out of grapefruit and lemon, so therefore it was one of the few flavors that was available and uh solid a minus i i because you spooked me on. Uh, strawberry i still haven't tried it because i'm terrified that it's gonna be too artificial flavoring but yeah the blackberry was quite good didn't really know what to expect because blackberry is one of those things where it doesn't mean a such a wide spectrum of things
1: so that was the first flavor that i tried is that, are you are you cracking one open right now
0: i have cracked open a uh, half and half because oh kind of. did you did you run out of your six pack did you ever do the boston tea party or what? are the burp? Wait, wait what was it? Which one was it? Yeah, Boston Tea Party.
1: I I did do that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for thanks for listening to that episode that where we talked about that.
0: Uh yeah. <laughs> I don't think Mike. I think sometimes Mike just uh, Michael uh, just mutes.
1: Yeah, we'll 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 edit all this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think Black Blackberry's okay. Not one of my favorites. Borderline. A little too sweet.
0: Yeah, and it's got 13 whole calories. That's right. Again, we've talked about it. I I love the specificity of their calorie counts. Uh, And the last thing on this, uh, how do you feel about the word seltzer?
1: I'd I'd have to admit, I don't exactly know what that means. Like the the differences between sparkling water, tonic water, seltzer, none of it's very clear to me.
0: Um I think uh, specifically with sparkling water versus uh seltzer I think that's kind of a pop versus soda thing where bad people say pop and <laughs> uh that kind of thing where I think actually tonic water specifically means something where it has um I believe something called quinine or Q U I N I N E which is what makes it um more appropriate for like a gin and tonic or something
1: Wait what'd you what'd you call me
0: <laughs> Moving on um <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know what club soda is, because that's all. That's always kind of in that aisle of like I know what tonic water is for, and I assume it's only for alcoholic beverages, and weird, um, like uh, wait, what's the like you know like the old style like oh you you um, how do you get red wine and grass stains out of your like it's one that's like one of those like household myth things, right? Yeah, where club soda I don't actually know what that's for or what what it is. I
1: I think it might be to to. To co op your phrase here, another another sort of varietal of there's sparkling water, seltzer, and club soda. I think that those all three might be sort of the same thing with um, regional dialects, as you, as you would also coin it.
0: Yeah, there was that—I'll I'll find it for the show notes—but there was that really good New York Times thing like five years ago of um, there was a good quiz about— How you speak and what that is, and that's where I learned what the term "kitty corner" is, which I never knew. Oh, I I remember that. Did we talk about on the show? I think we talked
1: about. Seems seems like seems like we must have. Maybe that was like an episode two or three
0: thing. How y'all use and you guys talk? Yeah, that was a a good one. (laughs) Put that in the thing from twenty fourteen. Yeah, we were we were around back then. Wow they to to push subscriptions they make you sign in for this. I'm gonna have to close this incognito window. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get into the other stuff, actually, one last food thing. This is in my uh, alternate ideas thing. Uh, wh- what did you think of this? I assume you saw this because it was on the internet, or it, or it boiled over.
1: A New Jersey restaurant is selling pizza crust as a side. Brilliant or insane? So, uh, hmm. So I have maybe a bit of a a hot take, lukewarm take. Pizza crust to me is at best just like an okay part of the pizza. Like I'm, I'm not one of those type that just eats the rest of the pizza only to get to the crust. Like I don't, I don't, I don't dislike pizza crust, but I also don't think it's some amazing part of the pizza.
0: Yeah, okay, that's a take. Or I mean, that, that, I like, I don't think that's an invalid opinion. I would say there's a lot. Like, have you ever seen people who leave the crusts over? Well, I mean,
1: they're monsters. Yes,
0: they are. That's the one thing where like my my hot take on this is that if you don't like the crust of the pizza you're eating, like eat better pizza. Right. But I, I have not heard the opinion that you're talking about or the perspective of they think the crust is the most important part of it and they're tolerating all this cheese and tomato sauce and stuff to get to the crust. That is something I have actually never heard.
1: Well, it's not so much that, but it's just... The the idea that the crust is the best part of the pizza, which is not to undermine the rest of it, but I don't, I don't understand that perspective. To me, the crust is just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fine part of the pizza, but I would not rank it above the saucy and and cheesy part of the pizza.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. And the last thing before we get into uh, real news, uh, did you see the, uh, the, I forget where she used to work, but she's a, she's a Silicon Valley person who went to New York. Uh, she dropped her AirPods uh, in the subway.
1: I saw something about this. I don't. I don't think I clicked through on that.
0: So, where how, how would how how dirty or uh, not great a place would you have to drop your AirPods to not ever use them again?
1: Well, knocking on wood here, I. I've only really ever dropped my AirPods. I don't think I've ever dropped them outside. I've only ever dropped them inside. And it's been, you know, places like my office. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of a known a known area. Um, but I would imagine I'd, unless it was like really, really gross, I'd imagine I'd, I'd be okay with kind of just brushing them off.
0: I dropped mine once on a busy san francisco sidewalk and i cleaned it but did not throw away the AirPods. did you continue to use them yeah yeah okay yeah that that uh, yeah it's a sliding scale i'm not really sure where i'd fall on that yeah yeah also upsetting was the upgrade conversation about the bathroom airpod use where people seemed to be very nonplussed about that where i thought that was so decidedly clear a a no-go <laughs> <laughs> Any type of phone or technology use in the bathroom, I feel, is unethical.
1: Yeah, the you, the, you, I,
0: you can you can just save yourself and not say anything because that's how I said it all.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm agreeing with you here. I, I think phone usage in the bathroom raises a lot of questions.
0: Yeah, like it just no, not even checking a notification. That's what an Apple Watch is for. Like, right. right yeah um also people uh, uh jason mentioned that listen. Uh, the only reason he would do it is to um turn on a podcast to listen in the shower and that's also a concept i don't um get
1: i, I had one of those waterproof bluetooth speakers that you could kind of hang up on one of the walls of your shower for a while mm-hmm. and it was fine but i i didn't really end up using it as much as i thought i would
0: is that really prime listening time though it's not. That's the thing. Yeah. And like in sh- showers are the only place where you can't like you where like for me, like where I can shut off my brain for a second because there's there's very little external stimulus
1: or like the um, hotel room that I had this past weekend in in the bathroom, like in, in the big mirror in I the bathroom. These, it had, they have one it of those had TV a TV ones had a TV built into it. Yeah. Mm. Which I don't. I mean, you you know me, Carlos. I'm uh, Mr. Smart Home. I think you've called me in the past. <laughs>
0: but that's. <laughs> That's a. Is that next to your world's greatest has, uh, boss, or what is the what's the thing Michael Sirs, Michael Scott had? Yeah, world's greatest boss mug. It Mr. is. Right. Mr. hmm Yep. Um,
1: put it on a T-shirt. Um, I, I I'm not a fan of the the TV and in the bathroom idea.
0: That's a bridge too far. Yeah. Although it does speak to uh, your um, what's the opposite of frugal? Extravagant travel lifestyle. Well
1: see that's the ironic thing is so i I was in Las Vegas this past weekend and i've maybe it was a it was a perfectly nice hotel room it, nothing wrong with it at all but i've I've stayed in you know even like fancier rooms there and have never seen the t v in the mirror thing so it wasn't a it wasn't a luxury thing it was just like kind of a choice of
0: the hotel i guess well, then the important question is what was the um alarm clock alarm clock slash uh lightning 30-pin connector situation.
1: So that's that's the ironic part. Is the alarm clock, which I don't, I'm not sure I've ever actually seen this before. So it did not have a 30-pin connector because it was pre-30-pin, and instead it had a CD slot on the top. Hmm. Did you take a picture? I should have. I did not.
0: You mean it was like like a mid-2000s Sony boombox?
1: It might have actually even been Sony. Yeah. Sony or JBL. One of the two. Yeah. I was too busy, uh, taking pictures of uh, guy Fieri's restaurant to send to you. Forgot about taking pictures of the, of the clock.
0: Well, let me see if I can scroll back. Cause there was something really, yeah, there it is. There's something really upsetting about that. Cause one, um, yeah, every part of this is upsetting, but also specifically, um, it says flavor town on the strip. It has him with his tattoos and, and his frosted tips looking very uh, aggressively at you and it says go big or go home in your face food and booze mhm what's in your face about liquor i don't know yeah this is yeah,
1: i've never actually never actually been inside that restaurant i've been tempted numerous times but have never uh made the pilgrimage
0: you yeah. know next time mm mm-hmm. mhm uh, before the the health inspector shuts down all right okay so it's gonna be uh i have very little prepared other than my whole uh sommelier uh career plan that i wanted to disclose here uh this is gonna be mostly a ryan episode so i want to know about your new fancy backpack um see if there were any scooters in vegas and all the rest of it
1: uh do you want to start with the backpack
0: sure So,
1: I mentioned this as a potential future chef special. I think maybe during a week where I didn't really have one. (laughs) Um, And so, I've I've had this for about a month and a half now. And so, I'm I'm not going to make it a chef special. Which is not to say I don't like it. But I don't know if I love it either. So, I, I got the... Uh, peak design everyday backpack the larger size the the thirty liter size and i 'm um, actually happy with the size choice that was kind of the thing that I was um most unsure about and was the, kind of the main reason why instead of just buying it online, I wanted to go to the uh, hay street store and I, I I feel good about the size that I picked and that 's actually one of my favorite things about it is it, the bag just has a ton of room it fits so much stuff Um, but then the amazing thing is it still fits really neatly underneath airplane seats which it like visually doesn't look like it would but it it totally does which is which is really great Um, and then on top of fitting a bunch of stuff it's also really easy to organize things um, in that main pocket with the little I don't know what they call them—the little origami things that allow you to kind of create little compartments within the main big area of the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that's great, and I I, I, I like the the latching mechanism. Um, I like where the laptop and tablet sections are. Um, but my my main issue is um, the accessory kind of areas. So when the you know you can kind of open the bag on both sides um and then kind of unzip those sections and then there's um a handful of accessory pockets. And they're all really really bad. They're they're too small. They're made of this sort of elastic material where in order to fit anything in any of the pockets you have to kind of stretch out the pocket and then kind of awkwardly shove stuff in there which then ends up being hard to take the Can things I back out.
0: Clarify? Do you mean the external ones or the ones after you unzip the wings and then unzip the other part? The latter. Okay.
1: Um, those are just those are not those are not good at all. That those are the weakest part of the bag and so and that's that's particularly disappointing for me because I bought this bag specifically for traveling. I did kick around the idea of having this be like my one bag for everything, like the bag that I would use both for going to work every day and then also traveling, but it, it's just it's it's too much for um like everyday use, <laughs> just despite the name. Um but it is overall a, a really good travel bag just with the big caveat of um the way that it manages accessories. Um but I, I i do generally like most
0: of the most
1: of the rest of it
0: hmm. um what do you th- what, what what gets put in the top section
1: so that I, I actually end up leaving that kind of empty and then that is my um so if i'm going through security that's where i'll throw my iphone and apple watch and then um, as I'm getting on the plane, that's where I'll throw like my iPhone and wallet so that I don't have to worry about them like slipping out of my pocket when I'm, when I'm sitting down on the plane, that's kind of just my, you know, I need to put something away really quick kind of compartment.
0: Hmm. Uh, what do you use the pocket, uh, inside the back you know where where you can unzip and you can put in your laptop and there's also a tablet sleeve there's also a smaller thing that's maybe like paperback book sized i thought that's what in. i
1: thought that's what you were talking about
0: no no i mean like you know the thing where you have like the four different levels of magnetic latching thing yeah yeah What what goes in there
1: oh okay well so the the question that i just answered was what goes in that that little pocket section you just described where the laptop and tablet go that's what i kind of keep free and can kind of quickly take things in and out of
0: that's the kindle pocket <laughs> yeah that's that's a good idea
1: um though the, the top part of the bag is is the stuff that i'm accessing the most frequently while traveling so that'll be like my bose noise canceling headphones um i have one of those uniqlo jackets that folds up all small so i'll you know throw that in there um if i'm traveling um if it's raining i'll you know throw an umbrella in there um and you you could ask me at the, at this point why i don't put the umbrella in one of the side pockets um and the reason for that is because i mentioned that it fits really nicely underneath an airplane seat however it does not if you have anything in those side pockets so if you have like a water bottle or an umbrella or anything else in there then um it will not fit under the seat. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, um, I'm I'm on the, the website now kind of trying to remind myself if there was anything I forgot to bring up. And there is one other big negative about the bag, which kind of prevents it from being a chef special, which is the way that it sits on top of a carry-on bag. So it has the little kind of slot you'd want on the back of it where it can just slide over the... Um, handle part of a of a roller bag. Mm-hmm. However, for some inexplicable reason, you put the bag down horizontally instead of vertically, and it's just it just ends up being really awkward to take on or off of a roller bag. Even though it you know, it has the handles on the side, which are really nice, and that that's kind of what makes it possible, but. Even with those, I, I still just find it to be really awkward because if you want to access, access something in the bag that's kind of closer to the side of the bag that's up against your suitcase, then that becomes kind of hard to get to. And then you basically have to end up taking the bag off of your roller bag. Um, it would be so much better if they made it so that the, the bag slid vertically down um, on top of
0: a roller bag. So that's kind of a shame. Yeah, it's a bummer. Hmm, cool. Well, glad you gave it a shot and glad it mostly fits your needs or at least does it does enough.
1: Well, and yeah, no, it, it, it's otherwise a really good bag other than those kind of two main issues that I have. Um, and someday when I get a another fancy camera, I'm I'm excited to, to use it for that, too, because it, it does really seem like the perfect backpack for a standalone camera.
0: Yeah, I might have to disagree with you on that. How how come? Because I also got one, but I've only had it for a couple of days, so Oh you got you got a backpack? Yeah. Oh. I thought you weren't a backpack guy. Uh I got the twenty liter and it doesn't look that gigantic on me. So we're we're gonna see how it goes. Because you 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 inspired me.
1: Have you have you tried the accessory?
0: I have and they're f- god awful. Yeah, they're 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 really bad. I have three separate little th- pouches that have different stuff on them that i'm getting from amazon to see what is the least intolerable one to just put on the inside of the bag see I hate off, them so much uh, see so, because, so that's here's the thing because like i had the and I'm, I'm not trying to hijack your your discussion but like i had the everyday messenger uh which has the world's greatest like little the way they've implemented that side wing accessory pocket idea on the backpack so horribly is absolutely perfect and well thought out on the messenger bag. And that's why it's such a disappointment because I was used to that for like two years. And it's so bad. So have you also gone down the road of trying to figure out like what can you get to just make an easy access accessory pocket? Well, so I've,
1: <laughs> I've kind of refused to do that so far because I just spent freaking $290 on this backpack. And the idea of not using two large sections of it and instead, buying something else to put inside of it is kind of upsetting.
0: Let me... Where's the thingy? Put this in the robot.
1: And I've also never... We've talked about this before. I, I've never found a little travel pouch thing that I've liked. Like, too many of them are those weird... um those weird things where like there's the little elastic bands that you like slip things under.
0: Yeah. I don't like those little cable board things. Those are silly. I I don't like those. Yeah. So may have some solutions for you, but probably not.
1: Yeah. I've, I've kind of in conjunction with this backpack, something else that I kind of did was rethink all of my kind of travel electronics and, and try to cut down on what I bring. And that has helped because there's also just not very much room in those accessory pouches. So you kind of have to be judicious with what you put in there. And that, so that's, that's helped, but they're still bad.
0: A couple of weeks ago, I think you had mentioned that you had adopted the, um, like that same four port and then one USB-C anchor power block thing. Was this your first travel trip with that? I have traveled a couple times with that. How's that been working? It's been great. Um I guess in full
1: disclosure, I have not you <laughs> uh-huh. I have not used it with my MacBook Pro yet, because I haven't really had reason to charge my laptop on either of the trips that I've taken it on. Um but I mean as we've discussed before, I'm you know I'm not a particularly heavy user i guess so
0: yeah i mean if, if you're not using the cpu much it's the 30 watts it gives you is plenty right yeah Hmm. okay well interesting
1: yeah so good really really good bag tons of storage great organization but just a god-awful way of organizing accessories and the fact that you put it horizontally down on top of a roller bag instead of vertically is just inexplicable because i mean think about it it makes the it makes one of the accessory sections completely inaccessible, and you have to take the bag off of your backpack in order to access that. It just does does not and does not make any sense at all. And if you have anything in the um, side pouch that you then want to put down on your roller bag, can't do that either. It's madness. Yeah, just a, it's for a, for such a thought like for a bag that's so well thought out in so many ways. That decision just. I would love to ask somebody there, like, why put this horizontally instead of vertically.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll table it because I'll probably give like a one-month in review when I've had it that long. But I, I kind of wish there uh, it only opened on one side.
1: I I I agree a hundred percent
0: because I never remember what side I put like my work badge on or something, so I always open the wrong side. Like it, it always fails or it never fails. It's like when like the cat that um lands or the the butter side of the thing where I just never remember what side my stuff is on. And I wish one of the sides, because also for like a photography stuff, like I want to know what side of the lens is up, but I just always, op- I, I always open the wrong side. Very frustrating.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. <sighs>
0: All right. Um... you Actually, I think that's, mm, that's mostly it. All right. A couple other things. We, did we, did we talk about, or do we only allude to the Zoom thing? Because we ran out of time last week.
1: We kind of just alluded to it.
0: Yeah, so Zoom had a big thing where they had a weird situation where they didn't really uh, take a a security researcher's bug report and like bug bounty proposal very seriously. And then after 90 days, he did his disclosure and it became a whole thing on the Internet. And then Zoom, which is a very popular um, uh, video conferencing startup, kind of had a really terrible response to it. Um, And it looks like everything they published after the disclosure was written by their marketing teams, not their engineering teams, which was not not good. Um, And one of the big things was that the software to make it so that because the whole thing about Zoom is that it's like one click uh, and you can join a video conference. And it's not like WebEx or anything where you have like you you tap four things and it's it's more of of a challenge. So their whole thing was they to bypass certain security Uh, precautions that Apple built into OS 10 and Safari. Uh, They did some sketchy stuff to get around that, which also included uh, putting a local web server on your Mac that also persisted even if you uninstalled the Zoom application to uh, make it easier for you to reinstall it later. Um, And they had a very, very bad response to that security disclosure, and it took them like uh, 36 hours of internet pressure to come to their senses. But the important part here, the fun part here, is that uh, Apple took this as an occasion to actually implement or to to utilize one of the secret features that's on, uh, I think, like the past three versions of OS X, which is where they can issue silent security updates uh, that are not user-involved at all to neutralize bad software. And this is one of the cases where they did that. Pretty interesting that it was that severe that Apple had to do that. Yeah, and
1: um, Zoom in their next update also removed the web server themselves, but Apple felt the need to... I I, I don't remember the exact timing here. I don't know if this came shortly before that software update by Zoom, but in any case, yeah, I agree. It, It is interesting that Apple felt like this crossed the line of having to use that I think, fairly infrequently used feature of macOS.
0: Yeah. Um, and the only other part about it that, w- that I felt was weird was that Zoom said, like, I think when that the stories came out about Apple issuing that update, they said, oh, like, oh, yeah, we are proud to have worked with Apple to solve this issue. So they made it sound like they were, like, the ones who cared about your privacy or were trying to figure it out. So I don't, I, I don't know how collaborative they were with that. But, yeah. Interesting story.
1: Well, I mean that's that's life as a kind of, um, you know, highly scrutinized company where you're going to try to put your positive spin on everything.
0: Uh, Speaking of which, Bird, the two two stories where the information, which is a subscription only site, which usually gets a couple of good scoops a month, but has very very high subscription costs. So I'm only going to talk about the first two paragraphs of this article. Um, yeah, in the first quarter they lost a hundred million dollars, um, and they only made, oh, they only took in, uh, not, even not profit, just pure revenue, 15 million, uh, in that quarter. Uh, and then there was a TechCrunch article, um, a few hours later where the CEO said they have positive unit economics for the markets where they're using their new scooter and they, um, something, where was it? It said something about, oh yeah, uh, Vander Zenden a cool last name pushed back on other elements of the information's report, noting that the 100 million uh, dollar figure was a one-time accounting write-off from an old retail scooter deal b uh b slash c our original depreciation window was too long Hate when that happens yeah b slash c um that's <laughs> such a casual way to talk about 100 billion dollars i don't know
1: well when it's other people's money you know
0: mm. he looks he looks pretty happy behind these scooters <laughs> um, yeah, the sport coat and jeans look. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, it's mostly yeah. Well, because I mean, we'll actually probably uh, we'll we'll table a couple of these because I think we'll probably end up talking about over the top services a little bit later anyway. Um, did you hear the? Uh, did you listen to upgrade this week?
1: I'm a little under halfway through it.
0: Did you get to the part where they talk about how to fix the Apple Store? No. Yeah, there was. I forget if it was Mike or Jason who brought it up, but they were basically like, hey, make um, like a separate entrance to the Apple store or like this extra room where you get repairs done to separate yourself from the like busyness of the retail side of the store. And I wanted to know, do you think that's a good idea or a terrible idea? It seems like an okay idea. Hmm. I strongly disagree. I think that's that's. It it should not be like you have the fancy showroom where you're buying a new car, and then you have like this weird like DMV or like Midas situation in the back where never you actually have a problem with it.
1: I, I think that oh, yeah, but that's 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 literally exactly how car dealerships and their service centers
0: are set up. And and that's what, where Apple is supposed to be better than that because they have all this money and and, and all this great customer experience technology and, and all these people making revolutionary products. That should never need support.
1: Yeah, but I guess my my main counterpoint to that though would be, um, and I, again, may, maybe a, a semi-hot take here, but I I find Apple stores generally to be really, really poorly designed and badly laid out. Like walking walking into basically just a giant square room is not a good experience at all because mm-hmm. you had there's no clear distinction of like where you're supposed to go to do anything. Like, sure, you can look at products on your own, but then when it comes time to ask a question or buy something, it's extraordinarily unclear what you're supposed to do, which I can't think of any other retail store that's like that.
0: Yeah, I I absolutely agree, especially for the like the non-flagship stores, like the Corte madera and the Berkeley Apple stores. Or yeah, exactly what you talk about, where it's just maybe like a two thousand square foot like studio apartment where they're like it's just like just a rectangle. And it's really not consistent or clear where anything is or what you're supposed to do there. But I don't really see how creating like this weird like service center aspect to it actually makes it any better.
1: I guess maybe what I'm getting at is just a little more clear differentiation within the store, I think
0: would be helpful. Oh, totally. But that could also be just a fundamental rethink of the way the store is laid out. Cause hasn't the whole thing been like they're ripping out the genius bars? Like where there used to actually be a place where eventually you kind of worked your way to the back of store the back of the store and there are the technicians there. And it was kind of like this is eventually what I'm working towards if I have a broken product. And that's not the case anymore at any of the new stores with the the today at Apple big screens.
1: I feel like that's the genius bars have already been so de-emphasized, even in stores that haven't been fully updated. Like you, they're kind of, you can almost just miss where the genius bar is because it's kind of just like a table in some random section of the store.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So you're driving. Where to next?
1: Yeah. So I, well, driving. Nice. Um, I've got two, I've got two big topics I want to hit that we promised we'd get to on the show. Um, at the end of last week. So I'll let I'll let actually let you do dealer's choice here between the iPad as a mobile photo editing studio and your um, uh, apology that you're preparing for Elon Musk and wanting to purchase a Model
0: Three. Mm, okay, this was gonna be a Ryan episode. All right, we'll b- blow through these real fast. Uh, let's do the car one first. Um, I don't think this matters anymore because I've I've been thinking about what my next car will be and I think I'm just gonna buy like a 1998 Toyota Sienna and just forget (laughs) about everything Uh because there are no good cars and everything's bad and just a minivan would probably be really comfortable
1: so would you buy one of those third-party carplay things and put that in there
0: oh you betcha yeah the one that Jason Snell has on his desk yeah (laughs) right Hey, the 98 Toyota Sienna gets 24 miles per gallon on the highway. 190, all 194 horses.
1: <laughs> so I, I actually, I actually was, so kid, kidding aside, I actually am interested in, um, do you, so are you like semi thinking about a model three? It sounds like.
0: I think 10%. I was just wondering because I do... Probably uh, like i I live within reasonable distance of a supercharger. I was wondering, is that a feasible strategy to not charge at home and live a supercharger based lifestyle-
1: given you I mean,
0: don't be creepy but given
1: given your particular circumstance
0: but again that that circumstance hopefully changes but um also but again, where I live in general is within a reasonable distance to supercharging.
1: So yeah, I, I have I have one other friend who's done this where he owns a Model Three and does not have a charger in his apartment. And so he exclusively charges at superchargers and he's he's not nearly as close to one as you are. And it's it's worked out fine for him. He doesn't drive a ton. I think if you if you drove a ton, then it would not be a great solution, but Um, the other, I guess the other thing I don't have a sense of either is the kind of the cost of that. Cause I, I do think supercharging is relatively expensive compared to charging at home, especially if you get one of the kind of EV, um, plans from PG&E, but I, I've never really sat down and, and done the math on like what, um, consistent supercharger, um, costs would be still cheaper than gas, I guess.
0: Yeah, and I, I just and I assume that probably isn't great for the battery.
1: That that would that would actually would be another consideration. Is I I don't know if there's any official Tesla documentation on this, but I, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to like regularly use superchargers. But I, I I don't know I don't know how big of a difference that really makes.
0: Yeah, so that's it. Like otherwise, I don't really know what I'm gonna do. Like. um, Yeah. Like the Volvo XC60 seems like a good car, but also apparently the infotainment thing is just hot garbage.
1: Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that.
0: Yeah. But it's a very good middle-aged person car. So I don't know.
1: Have you actually like test drove a model three or anything yet or no. So what, what, what appeals about the model three to you?
0: Not a lot. I like, I, I don't know. Like I just, I don't want the exact same car again. And I feel like that's all that's available. And I, and also I want to just be able to sit in the back seat and have the car drive me, which is what Elon promised me. Right. Yeah.
1: If you just give Tesla another, I don't know what it is now, seven, $8,000, then yeah,
0: you can do that. I like, and I'll, and I'll put a down payment on a model Y as well. <laughs> right. com gives the Volvo XC60 the best family car rating. Mm. Perfect for me. Great. Uh yeah, so I don't know. That, that that was it. It was it was just a hypothetical of is uh, a supercharger based lifestyle feasible? And I'm thinking the answer is probably not.
1: Oh, I think, and I think for you, it I think it it totally is.
0: But also, but it, it, like in terms of cost and also battery wear and tear, I like I think that rapid charging like that's just not great. I mean, even for like just if you scale it down, like constantly using a super high power um charger for like your phone or tablet is not amazing. Yeah, but again, if
1: if you're someone who's not driving a ton and you're maybe only having to use a supercharger, call it one and a half times a week, I, I don't think that's a big deal. If you were using it like every day, sure, maybe that's an
0: issue, but... The Prius Prime is too ugly a car, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was fast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I'm also not a fan of the Bolt.
0: Well the the bolt is out because the, the taillights are so ugly, but all the And the the
1: range is bad too. Doesn't it? It only it gets like I think less than two hundred miles of range. It's no it's no good.
0: Bolt E V gets two hundred and thirty eight miles. Actually that's that's model like if you don't get the extended battery, isn't the Tesla model three two twenty to three hundred, depending on the model? I
1: think I think that's where it starts, yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, the bolt has super ugly taillights. The Nissan Leaf meh
1: the this the newest version of the leaf is definitely a step in the right direction the first version was not a good looking
0: car and also it's going to take too long for bmw to come out with the ix3 so yeah i don't know or i could just uh, just use uh lift for everything like a millennial <laughs> right uh this is a mobility adjacent question Have you ever have you seen people in San Francisco that have their own like their own Bird scooter? Like they have like a scooter that is their own. It is not a rental, like, but it's similar to the ones that Skip Scoot and Bird use. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What what do you do you think that's cooler or do you think that's lamer or uh, on par with using a scooter?
1: I think it's way more practical. I think if you're someone who regularly uses a scooter to get to work, it seems like having your own is way better.
0: Hmm. hmm. Okay. Uh, we will go back to the iPad photo editing thing, but let's let's do a, a quick detour. Oh, big news yesterday! Apple is going to pull a Luminary and make their own original podcasts. And we actually don't know. Actually, I didn't actually read beyond the first couple of paragraphs of the Bloomberg article.
1: Yeah, they're they're really there. It, it was the typical Bloomberg. It was like eight words <laughs> of beyond that. Yeah.
0: So you, you didn't miss much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if they if this is if this is like an Apple TV plus thing, like where eventually they hope to charge for it or they just think this is going to be something that some type of exclusive co- uh, high in demand content would get people to use the Apple podcasts app.
1: <sighs> I mean, Apple does love that services. Revenue. <laughs> <laughs> they do. So it can't it can't be ruled out. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that it's, um, Apple has left podcasting on their platform untouched for so long, um, that it's just kind of hard to imagine what their rethinking of podcasting would be. Um, it is kind of the day that I think a lot of people have feared though, where, kind of one of the best parts of podcasting is the hands-off approach Apple's taken. And now that they apparently want to get a little more involved, I that could kind of go all kinds of different and potentially bad directions.
0: Yeah, because the Apple Podcast Directory has been kind of been like the... Um, well, Google's probably the wrong example, but it's been kind of like just the, the de facto, like this is the archive of record for all podcasts and Apple's kind of laissez-faire attitude of just being like a host of uh, and where it's like minimal upkeep and they can just use the existing iTunes store infrastructure. Like they've just kind of been super hands off with it. And it's been overall, it's been good for everybody. And I think that's kept podcasting fairly like neutral and the whole it being RSS based and kind of true to what it was in 2008 has been because Apple hasn't actually cared about it. But yeah, the whole yeah, the the luminary thing, which I mean, they're eventually gonna flame out in six months, but um what's the other one? Like yeah, uh Spotify getting into podcasting and buying Gimlet and Anchor and all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, it I don't see what Apple's strategy is if they're not gonna think uh that they can make Apple Podcasts Plus and make it a paid thing. Otherwise, what's the point? And I think and I'll say, I think any effort from Apple here into original content or original audio content is going to be a net negative for podcasting, even if they just happen to make Apple exclusive shows, um, that are unpaid. That's anything that moves forward. The idea that podcasts are not just a dot RSS or actually is it dot RSS or dot XML. If it's not an RSS feed that you can subscribe in any application, any no matter what if the content's good or not i think overall that probably makes podcasting worse
1: yeah i completely agree
0: yeah it's a bummer but it's 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 a surprise that it's been this long before anybody with any actual influence has done this um because like google keeps like every few years they'll reboot their um pretending to care about podcasting and uh pandora is really bad like i i keep trying to use pandora these days but the fact that they just keep trying to shoeho- shoehorn... shoehorn spoken word content into it is just really not doing it for me and it makes using the radio part of it worse. In Spotify, like I listened to our show once just to see how it worked. And now every time I open Spotify, it shows our album art as one of my top podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And there's no way unless I nuke my account and delete every bit of listening history I've had for like the last six years, I can't get it to stop showing it to me.
1: It doesn't sound like a bad thing to me, but... I mean, you're you're hating on our show. That's fine.
0: I don't want to open up Spotify to and show somebody a song, and they think, "Oh, you're listening to your own podcast." That's that's, <laughs> that's the lamest thing I've ever seen. Again, I have to do a spot check on audio quality every six weeks, right? So yeah, so the Apple thing—I don't know. It doesn't—it doesn't seem great, and it just <sighs> Apple needs to. Go go back to fixing keyboards. Like I mean, this 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 seems like a distraction. But I what I what I mentioned offline, online to you in Slack was that if you were to say it w- is this likely to be more successful, or is Apple TV Plus likely to be more successful? I think this one is. 100 percent. Like b- bar or none. Like t- no matter how good that space race show is and cool that Apple's going to make it. Like there's no way that is successful. And I think we might have time to talk about Netflix, but like, I, I don't, that's not going to work out. This might like people, if they they can get like, do you think they're going to co-opt other shows? Like, are they going to try to make the next version of Serial or whoever, Like this American life to make something exclusive for them? Or is it going to be something totally unique or is it too early to tell?
1: Probably too early to tell, but if the Apple TV Plus thing is any indication, I would assume they'd be focusing more on new and original content, not just co-opting existing stuff. Yeah. And I think they they brought... I, I did get to this part of Upgrade this week where they also talked about this. I... I think the idea of a popular podcast, which is free today, going paid, I mean, there's never really been an example of it, but I think if that were to happen, I don't think people would react to that very well. I mean, (laughs) there are plenty of non-podcasting examples of where a service which has been previously free or very, very low priced becoming a more expensive service and that just does not ever go over well it's hard to imagine a podcast having a successful transition from being free to
0: paid. Yeah. Even people like this American life that has toyed with different ways of monetizing their thing. Like they still have a basic RSS feed that is the first like the most current episode is available for everybody to listen to. Like they try to monetize the back catalog and get people to buy episodes at a time or buy their iOS app. But yeah, I I, like, I, I forget if it was Marco or Jason who said it, like, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but saying that, like it's so, it's such a difficult equation to figure out. Are you just going to cut yourself on cut yourself off from uh, stable advertising revenue, or shrink your audience to just like this tiny like five percent sliver of whatever it could have been, and hopefully you can monetize that better than what you could have done with ads? <sighs> yeah. Um. Okay. Do you want to do the?
1: Yeah, I re- I really I want to get to the the iPad thing.
0: Yeah, we we already talked about this. I I I kind of have a dream where if iOS 13 doesn't suck, I can have a very nice mobile photo studio or a thing where I can easily like something that's bigger than my phone, that I can plug a memory card into, quickly view and make small edits to a bunch of photographs without having to. Um, take out a laptop and put them in the Lightroom and do all that kind of stuff. And I understand it'd be much more limited and Lightroom on the Mac is what I'm used to. And it's fantastic. Um, oh, sorry. It's fantastic, but it's very slow, but it's, it's fantastic. Like th- I feel like the iPad on iOS 13, if they manage managed to not screw up the photo importing feature and if it's fast enough, like that would be a really competent mobile photo thing. That's better than a laptop. I don't know. Like, wh- why does this strike you as so far-fetched or um, irrational?
1: Because I just don't... I don't get what parts of using the iPad in this photo editing context would be better than just using a laptop.
0: The fact that you can't... I can't... Like, you have you seen the Linoga, Linogo, Lenovo Yoga ThinkPad things? Yes. Like if the MacBook Pro was something that had like a touchscreen or that you could fold into itself, absolutely. But there's a lot of times where like if you're on the go and I have a like, um, like just a camera bag with me, like with, with my iPad, one camera, and maybe a spare lens where having a MacBook Pro where you have to like hold it at 90 degrees and kind of use it in like laptop mode, that's not that fast or easy. Like that's great if you were going to like sit down and work through 500 photos at once, but if I just want to quickly see what I shot, find a couple of like top picks, maybe make a couple of quick raw edits, like that is something I can currently do on my phone. But it's I first have to dump everything into the camera roll, and it's kind of a pain in the butt. Like that still seems much easier to do on an iPad. I don't know
1: what makes it easier to do on an iPad. Is it is it literally just having access to a touchscreen?
0: Um, the fact that there's like, no, I don't know. Like it seems like there's less importing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well,
1: so that, so I mean, that, that's the crux of what I'm challenging here is I just, and and it gets at the whole just idea that I struggle with, which is just why under really any circumstance, especially productivity examples, like why anyone would prefer using an iPad to a Mac. And I think what I said to you offline, which maybe I've said online here too, like it would make all the sense in the world to me if laptops were still these like eight pound behemoths that got two and a half hours of battery life where in order to use it any longer, you had to buy like the third party battery on eBay. (laughs) Um, Like then, then, you know, the iPad would just make a ton of sense. But given how thin, light and powerful modern laptops are, not to mention the good battery life that they get now. I just I just don't get why an iPad would be better in any any sort of mobile productivity context.
0: Well, so let me let me clarify. So here like so I sent you a link to the photo bag that I use whenever I know I don't need my laptop with me. And this is much much smaller. It's the Peak design uh 10 liter sling. Jesus, how many peak design bags do you have? (laughs) I have three now. And again, like, well, I have the backpack, I have the messenger bag, and I have this. Um, And this is very, very nice, and it's very small. And like, usually, I will take yeah, my camera, like one extra lens, maybe a Kindle, maybe my iPad, but usually just the Kindle. And this is something where a 13-inch Mac laptop won't fit. And this is also like if I'm going out for a hike or I'm doing something where I don't have to have my laptop. This is less bulky, more discreet, and just nicer so having an ipad pro 11 inch that i could just toss in this uh would be it seems like it'd be a nice idea like i don't i don't know like I, I mean you're probably right to temper expectation couldn't you just fit a macbook air in this uh no i could i could i measured it i could have fit just barely the now killed macbook adorable the 12 inch one but that would have been just barely so no a 13 inch macbook air will not fit in this i think the people that they like if you look at the people uh wearing the bag um like i think the one of the dude uh with the gray color one like i think that's a good approximation of the size yeah that does not fit a laptop
1: seems like if if they still made like the 11 inch macbook air that oh that totally would have worked and that like to me something like that that
0: laptop was also dog slow Which is not great for forty-two megapixel, soon to be sixty megapixel raw edits.
1: But is a is a modern day Mac or not Mac? Modern day iPad Pro that much faster? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, but again, you're supposed to be you're the one who I I was trying to talk you out of. You you bought an iPad Pro eleven inch so that you could read on the on the ferry.
1: Yeah, but I'm but I'm honest about what I'm going to use it for, and an iPad is, I think, unequivocally a better device to use when you're reading stuff and consuming stuff, but just as a productivity device, I I just continue to struggle to understand why anybody wouldn't just want to pull out a Mac.
0: I absolutely agree. We are so on the same page about that. But I think photo stuff is one of the things because it requires almost no keyboard input. I think that's one of the things where maybe it is better suited for that type of device than other things. I think on anything that requires like text and like pointer manipulation, which is most tasks, the iPad is silly, and all of these like iP- iPad power user people are um on a fool's errand. I think that's the most charitable way to say it. But I think for photography, if again iOS thirteen or iPad OS thirteen manages to make the whole, we don't just junk up your uh, camera roll with all these gigantic files, which you then have to import again into any photo app that you're using. It might be nice, but again, also it's a tough sell for me because I don't want to just throw $1,100 down the drain on an iPad that I don't need because I would have to get the 256 Pro 11 and I would get the cellular one. And that's, that's just a lot of money for something I probably wouldn't use.
1: How much bigger does this everyday sling have to be in order to fit a 13 inch MacBook Air? Not for, not a whole lot bigger, right?
0: But the thing is, the the 13 inch MacBook Pro is like 3.2 pounds. Oh, well, I'm not even saying Pro. I'm saying like the Air. But why? But I. But then I now have instead of having an iPad, I now have three Macs. I have an, I have my iMac Pro, or sorry, I have my 5K iMac. I wish it was an iMac Pro. Um, the 13 inch MacBook Pro, and I now have a MacBook Air hanging out. Sure. No, no, I don't. I don't need more max. Two Macs is Two, two is enough. Like, like that, that old TV show. <laughs> um, they had eight kids, right? Yeah, eight is enough. Um, where the iPad kind of makes sense. I don't know. Like, I still have my busted ass uh, original generation nine point seven iPad Pro that I dropped like a week after I got, and is dented. Um, so I don't know, man. I probably, I probably won't do it. But if I, um. If I get if iPad OS thirteen, that's a terrible name, uh, comes out and Lightroom, like as part of like my Creative Cloud subscription, like ends up working well. Like I might do it. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's plausible. But again, like just having having a really lightweight thing that fits into this, um, like a lightweight carry thing, would be neat.
1: But I just, but I just literally, if it were like an inch bigger and just fit a macbook air Again, than... if, if
0: apple would stop making shitty laptops and would make a laptop that had a touchscreen and folded back on itself and had a keyboard that didn't stink.
1: what does a touchscreen do for you in the context of photo editing it doesn't
0: do a lot but the fact that you could make it not a 90 degree angle and you could use it standing up that's the big thing like being able to use it not sitting down i think is like 80 percent how it.
1: much how much photo editing are you doing standing up like just being able to walk around with it so you you walk around while you edit photos? Like while well, I'm reviewing photos, yeah. Or, well, review, but reviewing's different than editing.
0: But being able to review and then make quick edits, and like you just like you sit down for a sec. Like it's I don't know, man. It's 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 different. Hmm. Like it's, it like again like if if I'm out doing something and I just I have my little lightning to SD card reader, I can pop a memory card out of my camera, put it in my iPhone. Unfortunately, it sends 300 photos to my camera roll, which is annoying, but I can easily say like, Oh, these are a couple of good ones. I would like to share these right now, as opposed to waiting until I get home, uh, plugging in all the stuff, moving all those raw files to my Synology. And then eventually I will never post them or do anything with them. And it'll be a week and a half later. And then any relevance that they had is gone.
1: That's one thing I will grant it's kind of the iOS ecosystem with photos is, it There is something about iOS that just makes sharing photos so much more appealing. Well,
0: and th- and that's the difference where even if I do like, I, let's, let's pretend I had like a Mac that folded the way I wanted to, where I could use it in that way. It still means that like, I would then, what do I have to do? I have to put them in Dropbox if I want to then put that onto like Instagram or something like that. That's the thing where iOS is actually, again, for this specific use, like th- I think photography and to a lesser extent, video editing is actually something where somebody could make a legitimate case that iOS is appropriate for it. Because again, like most of the social sharing and consumption that people do is iOS based. Uh, So whenever you, whenever you get bored of like, I'll, I'll I'll buy you a Kindle paperweight and you can just give me your iPad pro. And then it's a fair, (laughs) it's a fair trade. Yeah. sounds about right. I'll get you one of those uh, warm light Kindle (laughs) oasis. It's easier to read blue lights, killing you blue light and five G to be the death of all of us. True, uh, true tone is so bad. I know I've said that a bunch, but it's so
1: bad. I mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. agreed. Like, I'm, and I'm 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 not talking about the night mode thing or whatever it's called. Like, like true tone. Like, I I saw in these new MacBook Airs that they put true tone in the displays, and I'm just like, great. They made the displays worse. Good job, Apple.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true, true tone is bad it's bad and also again don't if you if anybody has a mac that has true tone and if you do do photo editing turn that off otherwise all your photos are going to look wrong on every other display like color accuracy is like 90 percent of it so don't do that yeah <sighs> Ugh. yeah um all right before we wrap this up did you, you i posted This so this was interesting to me because i didn't know that you were big into this I posted a link in our little show note, um, idea folder thing on Slack of a of a critical review of the Lion King live action movie Mm. and you uh, were like, no, don't, don't ruin this or I'm, I want to go and clean to this. Did you watch this movie? And if, even if not, I want to know why this is an important or a movie to
1: you. So it's not, it's not out yet. It comes out on Friday. Um, I've been looking forward to this just because it looks so technically impressive in the trailers, and The Lion King was my favorite, you know, animated Disney movie growing up. Um but I I, I kind of made the unfortunate decision to um in addition to seeing this article looking at Rotten Tomatoes, and the scores there have been very, very bad. <laughs> and I think the common sentiment it ties closely to this indie wire article that we're putting in the notes where oh, 58
0: for geez yeah oh. yeah it, it seems to be common citation is uncanny valley i don't know or we yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean i I'm, I'm still going to see it and I'm, I'm really excited to see it but um i'm I'm disappointed that it that it sounds like they didn't quite
0: pull it off here. Yeah. I'm sure the voice acting will be cool. I mean, they have a lot of big names. Seems like it, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, John Oliver had a really good tweet. Did you see that? I did not. So he's he's a character, and they have this um, photo that they had put out maybe a week or two ago as part of the promotional material where they, they got everybody um on the cast together for a photo it's it's a really really great photo Mm -hmm. and john oliver tweeted it and captioned it with something like can you believe that i'm in this photo yeah i I can't either (laughs) because it's just it's a room of really really talented people and a whole bunch of other people (laughs) right
0: yeah
1: and john oliver's great but you know
0: well yeah he looks like steven mnuchin (laughs) oh that's that's insulting no, he. Uh, if you if if you watch his show last week tonight, he brings it up all the time. oh Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. He uh, John Oliver looks like a ne- a nearsighted parent that works at a bank. That's that's his thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, I so I hope you still is like, somewhat enjoy it. Um, semi related question.
1: Sure. Have you seen Toy Story four?
0: Nope. I have I zero here. plans to. Hmm. I okay. Let's before chef special. We'll, I guess we'll wrap up on this. I am very. I think I'm pretty over Disney for a while. I think the whole. Well, see. Okay, let's. This this is two forks, or this is two two ends of the spoon. We are there's the live action Disney strategy. Isn't, is isn't, the,
1: isn't that the name of the new character in the new Toy
0: Story? What
1: fork or spork or something?
0: What I say? Some, Forky? Forky? I have no idea. Um, the like there's two str- parts of the Disney strategy right now like excluding all the star wars stuff um they have the whole like there's remaking they're just doing live action remakes of every good movie of my childhood and they apparently aren't that good and also the fact that pixar just keeps remaking the same movie over and over again so i want to know like so yeah, what, what do you what do you feel how do you feel about the live action strategy first because they're churning them out fast
1: yeah, so I think it's I think it's a really good idea, or an, at least an interesting idea. But yeah, I'm shocked at the pace they've come out with them. I, I to me, this seemed like a once every two year, maybe even three year thing. But I mean, they're at like a two or three movie per year pace now, which is very strange to me. Because, like, I mean, Disney animated movies never came out at that kind of pace. So it seems weird to to do that now. And especially in light of the fact that they've acknowledged that, you know, they they sort of um, maybe overdid Star Wars there for a little bit. And so with that knowledge in mind, it seems like they'd use that with kind of their other strategies, too. But evidently not.
0: Yeah. So they did... Was it Was Aladdin the first one they did? So it's Aladdin, the Lion. Well, no, thing. they did
1: like they did Beauty and the Beasts uh, a year or oh, two yeah. ago. So they they been, they've been kind of at this a little while.
0: Um, and then yeah, they're going to redo the Little Mermaid too. Now people are mad about that for really really stupid reasons. Um, Mulan. That too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tra- trailer came out for that.
0: Yeah, not good. I like. I don't know. Like th- those were those are classic movies where I'm not really. There's sometimes when you could, you could like redo an animated classic, like, not that it has to be like grittier, but there can be a, there's like, there's a reason why it's now live action. And I'm not really getting that with like the Aladdin or the, the Lion King thing. Not really seeing what's, what's added. There's not really a late 2010s take to give to it.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, the. The Lion King is also tapping into something that people are really sensitive to, which is this uncanny valley thing, where it just you have to use CGI in in very particular ways. I, for obviously for like special effects, it works, um, but when you try to create entire scenes or in this case entire movies with it, and you your style is in such a way where you're supposed to be. Having people think that they're looking at a real image. It's just, it just doesn't, just doesn't
0: click with people. People just don't, don't like that. Is any of the footage in Lion King, is it all CGI or is any of it like filmed? It's all CGI. Mm. Because it's the thing where Pixar has always kind of made the humans in their movies intentionally not that realistic to, to not make it weird. Exactly. And it's funny. I
1: mean, speaking of Disney, um, probably should have, you know, learning lessons from Star Wars. Like another thing was in, um, Rogue One, which was actually maybe the best Star Wars movie they've put out. Um, you know, it's, it's a prequel. And there was one particular character from the original trilogy they wanted in the movie, but it, you know, it was an actor who passed away years ago and they made the decision to, um, recreate that character w- with the permission of his family in completely in CGI. And I mean, it, it was technically very, very impressive, but it's, there's just something a little off about it where it's just, it's not quite there. And so it, it, it kind of sounds like this Lion King movie is kind of just all that, which is disappointing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm i I'm a sucker for this stuff.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Although I, I saw- haven't, I haven't seen Aladdin yet. Yeah, that's another one where the 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 trailer did not seem to sell, and that's in those are heavily, heavily, heavily edited. It, it, they take months to figure out how to make that the most attractive thing possible, and that still doesn't seem that good. And then like they're still waiting to make out like the make the Frozen two sequel, like that's coming out on Thanksgiving, I think. But they're, that that's a franchise which they've had like eight years in between movies, so I don't get why they're now churning out all these other childhood things. Jesus, the original Frozen's eight years ago. Uh let's see, wiki frozen uh 2013 so six seven years Ugh. yeah let it go <laughs> uh, nice <laughs> uh box office 1.27 billion dollars <laughs> Jeez. all right um and then the, the last prong of that yeah so uh, pixar movies i i i have zero i'm actually thinking of i'm following pixar on instagram like i have zero interest in watching toy story 4 and i don't know why yeah, just don't like and, and finding Nemo 2 was fine. I like I don't know, like Coco was great. Um I I didn't care for the Incredibles too. Like just the whole sequel thing, I'm I'm not super into it, and I'm not sure if like I'm outgrowing Pixar, but Pixar was one of those things where it was um it spanned the age ranges very, very well, and I just don't know what the deal is. I can look past the sequel thing.
1: That doesn't bother me by itself. Toy Story though specifically, like the third one just it felt so final. Yeah. Um but I mean I don't know. I mean the the reviews of Toy Story 4 have been like off the charts. I think it's it's like a 98 or something crazy on Rotten Tomatoes. Like everybody says like it's maybe you know the best Toy Story yet. So they they did something right, I guess, but I I I'm I'm with you. I just I want to see it, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical of it.
0: Uh, I have an idea where you can see it on Disney Plus.
1: No, there you go.
0: When's that launching again?
1: I think November. Hmm. So the timing timing should be pretty good.
0: Yeah. Uh, just in time for you to cancel your Netflix subscription. <laughs> right. Yeah, we won't get into that, but I, I I don't think that's a big thing. Or Actually, do, do you think the price increases are driving people away? Who's canceling because of a dollar fifty or two dollars? I
1: think maybe around the edges that that's making a difference. And I mean, when you're talking about the scale of Netflix, even you know marginal changes like that are gonna are gonna show
0: up. So yeah, that that could be part of it. Yeah. All right, chef specials. What you got?
1: So, <laughs> oh, geez.
0: <laughs> you okay?
1: Yeah. Try to try to mute those coughs, but man, that one <laughs> snuck up on me. Um oh no goodness. editing. <clears throat> yeah, no, no editing here. Um, so I I'm gonna pick something that you, you might be a little upset about. I'm not sure. Never. Um, uh, <laughs> but it's the second gen AirPods. Hmm. So I got an Amazon deal a couple weeks ago. Um and, and kind of crunched the numbers where I could sell my current AirPods. And even getting the wireless versions of the wireless charging versions of these new AirPods, like the the kind of cost difference would be surprisingly minimal. So that's kind of what pushed me over the edge to do it. Um, And they're they're really really good. Um, You know, I, I for as much as I loved my first gen AirPods, the thing that I consistently had trouble with was switching them between my mac and iphone which i do you know tons of times every day and these new airpods i don't think have failed at that once and they connect much much more quickly to both my mac and iphone um
0: were there any upgrades to like the pairing mechanism well, and that's that's just the, the whole thing. Is stuff.
1: it? It's it's the new no. It, the the new the new chip is supposed to be faster with pairing. Got it. And it sounds like people's results with that have been mixed. Um, but I mean, my experience has been really, really positive. And that I mean that makes that makes the cost worth it. And the, then the you know the wireless charging case is, is a nice little bonus. Um. But it's really that faster, more reliable pairing that is a total, total uh, game changer, as you would say
0: for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, using Hey Siri at all?
1: Uh, no, I've actually forgot that that was a feature of them.
0: <laughs> uh, does the wireless charging matter to you, or not really? It's really nice. I um, I
1: bought a little secondary um, wireless. Charging pad. So, so at my desk at work, I've got a uh, wireless charging thing that you know kind of angles my phone so that it's it's still in a good viewing distance and can I can still unlock it with Face ID and all that good stuff. Um, but because of where the charging coils or whatever uh, where where those are located on it, the AirPods wouldn't work with that. Sure. Um, but I bought just like a little cheap Anchor cheap charging pad that I. Put right next to it um and i can just you know throw the case on there during the day and that's that's been nice it's it's not i don't think that's the reason to upgrade necessarily but um but yeah it's a nice little bonus cool
0: uh so i got i got one uh one pick and then one thing that's actually coming off the menu so i, I spoke to hastily last week uh giving the uh, endorsement to the uh, powerbeats Pro. Mm. Um, They're uncomfortable after more than like an hour and a half. Like they're too rigid and like, I'm not going to not use them, but, um, yeah, any workout or run longer than about 90 minutes, uh, I find them very uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I was wearing them just around the house another day, like one day just to see like, Oh yeah. Or could these just, if I don't care about putting in my pocket, could these be good substitutes for AirPods? Um, and no, yeah, they're kind of uncomfortable. Do you really, really like the tone that they make when you put them in your ears though compared to AirPods?
1: Huh. I guess I, I guess I'm I I don't know if I've worn mine that long
0: yet. Yeah, ninety minutes or less, you can't tell at all. But after a while they do start hurting your ears. Or for me specifically. Hmm. And I'm not some like I think I have fairly standard shaped ears. Like I, I generally I'm not one of those people who finds um AirPods or EarPods uncomfortable or that they fall out all the time. So I don't know. Yeah, your mileage may vary. Uh, okay, the big pick or the chef special this week is a, uh, a Trader Joe's pick, which is everybody's favorite. Uh, these are the Trader Joe's patio chips, which are a seasonal special, Ooh! which is a mix of, and, and this is this is very, I appreciate that there's a nod to our Canadian listeners here. You have a mix of four distinct flavors, sea salt and vinegar, uh, delicious dill, homestyle ketchup, that's the Canadian part, and smokin' sweet barbecue. These are extremely good, and it is one of those things where I wish they came in smaller packages because it is very difficult not to eat the entire bag. So my only
1: concern here is I really, 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 really dislike dill. The ratio is very good. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I, I like. It depends. I, I guess it depends on what what you like. Because I am a big fan of ketchup chips. Like I'm I'm happy that I don't have to go to Canada for that. Um, and also the Ruffles all-dressed chips, which are also a Canadian varietal in, in, that's imported down to the States. Those are good, but they don't quite do it for me, whereas this does. But yeah, I think the ratio of dill to sea salt and vinegar um, is, is good. And yeah, the ketchup chips are, are the real um, highlight of this.
1: I, so I, I think I missed something here.
0: Ke- ketchup chips? Yeah.
1: I've never heard of this. What is go to that? to Canada.
0: The, like uh, it's I think it's more of an Eastern Canadian thing, but uh, yeah, they're they're available in like British Columbia, but like it, yeah, ketchup chips are huge.
1: Are they literally what they sound
0: like? Chips that taste like ketchup. Uh, the uh, I, I like that if you just Google ketchup chips, the first thing is um, what Canadians understand about ketchup chips that Americans don't. Um, like, and I'm somebody. Ketchup is gross. Ketchup should never be on most things. If you are having fries that need ketchup, you are eating the wrong fries. Similar to our crust uh, story from earlier, um, but ketchup chips are delicious. So people should re like really these these. I will, I will square cash you the two dollars and twenty nine cents plus tax if you are unsatisfied with these chips. It's a guarantee to the first five listeners that. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're, they're very good. And again, like also people can, uh, cause the, um, what's stocked kind of like Spindra flavors, what's stocked in each Safeway varies, but, um, a most, a lot of the Marin and San Francisco Safeways have the Ruffles all dressed chips, which are also, um, they don't necessarily, I think it's a mix to kind of like the patio chips, but they do have uh ketchup chips in them and people should give that a shot too, if they can't find these at Trader Joe's.